Hey guys, welcome to the Hey Dad, Can You Talk podcast. My name is Bailey Garner. I'm the host. And each week we call my dad, Toby Slough, and we just talk about common struggles that we all have in our day-to-day life. And he gives some awesome wisdom. So we want to invite you to peek in on our conversation so that you can glean from his wisdom as well. So let's call my dad. Hey, B, how are you? Daddy-o, what's up? Oh, I'm just a beautiful day here in the set. I'm getting ready, like you know, to get everything together to build this garden with the boys. Yeah, that's all they've been talking about lately is the garden. How do you feel about it? Well, I think it's Papa's chance to, you know, try to share some truths with those boys about gardening and uh, what the Bible says about it. And I don't, I'm not under any pretense they're going to, you know, receive it all, but it, it gives me a, it gives me a place to do it. So it'll be fun. It'll be special. They're excited. While we're talking about your house, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone what is finally got installed on your house? I did get gutters on my home uh-huh. here in Mississippi. <laughs> it only took my daughter one year to post one thing on Facebook to get me one telephone number. She is so proud of the fact that she got me a number. I'm like, Dude, it took you like three minutes. Could we have not done it a year ago? <laughs> and then you texted me the other day and said you needed me to measure something in your house. And you said, please do it quicker than you did the gutters and sent turtle emojis. Yes, I, I'm and fully aware you're busy. So I wasn't asking you to do it right then, but I wanted to give you an expectation level that I needed that before <laughs> 2023. But I did it the next day. So I'm improving on my quickness of tasks. Yes, you are. I had a girl be. <laughs> Anyways, I thought that was funny. Well, I'm excited to be chatting again today. Um, this is my favorite time because we get to just sit down and me and you, no distractions unless our dogs start bark- barking. Hopefully they won't. But I had, I wanted to share with you some stuff that's going on with the kiddos. And I know you see it because Thankfully, lately, we've gotten to see each other more in person than we had before. If people don't know, um, if you haven't listened to our recent episodes, dad just um, transitioned into a new role at Cross Timbers where he's the legacy pastor. And so he's been able to do a little more traveling, which I personally am thankful for. So we've gotten to see him more here in Mississippi. And uh, we live here because my husband coaches football here at a local, uh, Juco. And, um, that brought us here like six years ago. So just some background for some people who are like, why do you live in Mississippi? That is why (laughs) we do like it here, but it's even better when mom and dad are here. So we love it anyways. But so I have the six-year-old Gideon y'all have heard about that. And then I have Micah who's four. And as they get older, I feel like I've been realizing how different they are. Would you agree with that, dad? 100%. They are different. (laughs) Very different. And I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, dad, that Gideon is very much like me as a kid. Um, I do think he has some similarities to, to Grant, but something that I find we're very similar in is we're both, um, very much performance based people where we tend to find our value in how we are performing or how others uh, say we're performing. That makes sense. 
Would you agree? Yeah, I think, you know, at some point we would say you are competitive, you know, and that may mm-hmm. be what you would say about Gideon and, you know, if he's soccer or basketball or something, he's competitive, but it, it's really, when you get down below it, it's, it's fighting the battle with Gideon of the, of the lie that he is, how he performs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that it's an identity thing. It's not, it's not a personality thing. Yeah. Whereas you've got Micah who I feel like, and I'm still learning obviously about him because he's four and, um, but he seems to be, he's a middle child. So you've got that going for him. And then he really wants, I feel like the approval of the people that he loves and that he feels close to, whether that's me or um, Gideon. And so he seems to be motivated or wants to do good based upon, because he wants to be accepted as good by his brother. I don't know. Would Have you, have you seen that whenever we're around? Oh yeah. I think I have to talk to Gideon all the time about, you know, we have one little brother and isn't it cool that he cares what you thinks and isn't it cool that he wants to be with you because a lot of times mm-hmm. Gideon too cool for school for Mike Thomas and uh but I see that in Micah for sure that he wants to his, he wants to be with his brother and he wants his brother to want to be with him and so he whatever Gideon's doing he wants to do better so that Gideon will give him an boy. Mm-hmm. and I, I see it I, I I don't see it as much in social circles but I do see it definitely with his brother yeah well what I kind of wanted, you're good. What I wanted to talk to you about, because I've been noticing this a lot lately, and I feel like this can apply to any age of kids. So when we speak of the younger kids, do know that like this goes for anybody. So this is just what's going on in my life right now. But I feel like I see that they're just constantly in competition and, but it's for two different reasons, like we just talked about. And so constantly, Gideon's wanting to be right. He's wanting to be the older brother who knows more. He's wanting, he, you know, and I'm trying to foster like, and and this is hard for me too. Cause like you said, I'm competitive too. I want to be right as well. I actually, it's funny. I can notice a lot of things about myself through the, through the kids just because I'm like, Oh, I do that too as an adult. But something that I'm trying to figure out is <clears throat> How can I like help them learn to, it's okay to be competitive, you know, and it's okay to find, be excited when you're right or when you win or get a hundred on a test or, you know, whatever, but not to find your identity in that. Because I think I still, even today, struggle with that as an adult. And I want to do a better job, number one, of addressing it in myself. And then number two, teaching my kids from an early age, how to not set their identity in that. And so I've been struggling with that because we want our kids to do what's right. You know, like I want, I want to hold them to a standard of doing the right thing and being a good kid and um, having empathy and being kind to their siblings. But like, I don't want to put that on them as if they don't do those things then something's wrong with them, you know? So I've been battling that. So I kind of wanted to get your two cents on, on those things. Well, you said something that's interesting uh, that I think is a part of the battle, right? You like you want them to be a good kid. Well, the thing is, mm-hmm. they are good kids. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, they're created in God's image, mm-hmm. so they are mm-hmm. good kids. It's not I want you to be a good kid. I want you to be who God created you to be. Mm, yeah. And I just think, and a lot of this B is 
man, it's it's my own mistakes as a parent, as a parent born out of you know some things that I probably got from my parents, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think our greatest job as parents is to speak identity into our children, uh, because that's the only place they're going to hear it, quite honestly. In in the world in which we live today. It's all about what you do, what you can get, uh, how you perform. And someone has to be God's voice in their life to say, here's who you are. Uh, And so I think you just have to put it on your radar and make sure that when it's easy to operate out of emotion, right? Mm. It's it's easy as a parent to correct a child, uh, to respond to something the child's doing. Uh, out of emotion, like a mm-hmm. quick, you're you're not a processor. I'm not a processor. We have a boy, in our, a man in our home that's is a processor. Ross, yeah. your brother, my son, but that's not us. And so we mm-hmm. have to remember that every one of these is an opportunity to speak identity uh, to our children. I, I, there's a couple of things I think about. I could tell you lots of places I missed it, but I can tell you with your brother, one of my highest values was how I trained Ross to treat women. I'd just seen in my ministry day so many uh, abusive relationships that started in high school. I saw them in young marriages, and I, I, I wanted to teach Ross how to respect women. And so as a little boy, uh, I was very aware when he would talk back to his mom, to your mom, when he would would he would not say thank you and please. And I remember my correction to him was not don't say that to her. It was, hey, you're a slough, and that's not how sloughs treat women. That's not how slough men treat women. Because I wanted to build his identity as here's who you are. I want you to step into it. Uh, Gideon. You know, when you guys were at our house a few weeks ago and it was his birthday party and he melted down and Mm -hmm. I'm having this flashback moment because I'm watching him literally like begin to melt down and it got it it was getting worse and worse. And I could hear you and Grant around the corner with him. And I flash back to being a little boy who he, you know, Gideon, it was all about he he wasn't wrong. He was right. And it wasn't fair. And you, you remember, I took him around the corner and just wanted to give him a couple of breathing exercises so he could kind of get back to a place of logic. But I, man, I was just overwhelmed in this flashback moment when I was a little boy, just like him. Uh, that wasn't a, simply about being right or being left out. It was about... Like if he believes that his performance makes him who he is, then being wrong is the end of the world. Mm. Because if you're wrong, then that means you're less of a person. And I was so grateful to watch you and Grant correct him, but to not just kind of press into his level of intensity. Because I feel like growing up, I was that boy. Yet I watched, I felt like a lot of times my dad felt like he had to match my intensity, which basically just made me feel worse and made me press in more. So there came a moment in my life when I was 13, 14, 15, where I just kind of went, well, it'll never, I'll never be good enough. And uh, that was the beginning 
of what in my 20s and 30s became, you know, a battle for my mental wellness was this lie that I wasn't good enough, that I would never be good enough. <laughs> and so that's not a slam against your grandfather. That's he wasn't equipped. Yeah. But I think you have a unique opportunity. Grant has a unique opportunity. And part of the reason I'm in Mississippi is because I want to have that opportunity. I want to do better with him than I had. You know, I want to do better with him than I did with you guys. I want to constantly say, here's who you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's you're not that. Here's who you are. And here's here. Let's step into who God created you to be. Jesus was the master of this, right? Yeah. Jesus, Jesus, you go, where'd you learn that, Dad, Jesus? I mean, you look at him, his story, and he's always telling, he tells, you know, Simon, you're, you're, you're Peter, you're a rock. Peter was not a rock. He was Simon. I mean, he was a flip-flopping, nothing kind of non-achiever in the, in, in the sense of what they were trying to achieve. But Jesus was saying, here's who I see you to be. It was always calling out potential. So he, it's not like he didn't correct him. Get behind me, Satan is a pretty bad, correct, pretty severe correction. Yeah. But his his life was always about this foundation of here's who you are. Well, I think that's interesting that I, what you that you said that basically that our mental wellness can ties directly to our our identity and who we see that we are, and what a like opportunity that we have as parents of any age kid, um, or even if we're just mentoring somebody, you know, younger than us, or any, even in friendships that we can <clears throat> speak to the true identity of somebody, you know, where their identity should be coming from and knowing that that's going to help their mental wellness. I don't know. I think that I've never really put those two together. Um, but it, an identity can seem like such a big concept in my mind. Sometimes I'm like, that feels overwhelming. But when you break it down, like you're talking about it, like affirming them in, in who they are and not how they perform, you know, that they already are good kids because they're child of the King. That's helpful. So I was going to ask you, as you were talking, like, <clears throat> what would be three things? Cause for me, I want like a tangible, thing that I can start with the kids. You know what I mean? And so I would love to write down like three phrases that I could speak over them, you know, this week, next week. Um, and so that I can see that like where I can see them, I don't know, in my kitchen, you know, so that I remember to say them and make them a part of my language, you know, my everyday language. So you've told us the one, you know, where we can say you're already a good, not, be, you know, you're already a good kid because you're God's kid and you're a child of the key, not because of what you're doing. Right. You know, what's some, do you have like two others we could, you could tell us that we could start with? Yeah. Uh, to speak just to their identity. Let me, yeah, let you're me good. Begin by saying, if you want to start speaking this over your boys, you better start mm-hmm. by speaking it over you. Yeah. You're uh, right. Like it's got to come out. Part and I say that because a lot of times it, when you you and Ross were younger, mm-hmm. my inability to do that was based upon I didn't believe it about myself. Mm, yeah, right. And so yep. before we talk about what we speak over our kids, let's talk about what we're speaking over ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've got to look in the mirror and take one of the forty I ams and or or some statement, and we've got to look in the mirror and say. I can do this today because God's given me strength for it. 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, I've got more power than I think I have, whatever that phrase is. And I've got to, I've got to center my life there. Then when you get to your boys, your kids, your daughters, uh, take these topics and shape them into what you're dealing with at the moment, right? Like yeah. if you're having a hard time, if Gideon's having a hard time not being right all the time, yeah, uh, then the statement over him every day is, hey, hey, man, God created you perfectly, Gideon. He didn't make a mistake, which means it's okay if you do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's, but this is that statement of, you're a good kid, but find those words that put it into his context. You know, if, Mm -hmm. if he's having a hard time being respectful, then the word is, man, uh, God honors you and he created you to honor other people. And so, man, I know as you go to school today, I know you're going to be honoring and respectful your teacher. What would it look like, Giddy, for you to honor the kid on the bus who's giving you a hard time? You know, how can you respectfully not be a part of that? In other words, he's punching you. How are you going to get by without punching him back? So you put it in that context, right? That's Mm -hmm. two Mm -hmm. is you're a person of honor. You're a good person. Number three, uh, you have more power than you think you do. This is why the Bible says I can do everything with strength that Jesus gives me is what I would say to a Gideon or a Micah. You can so. I know it's going to be hard today, but you know what? I believe in you. You can do it. You can finish that project. Uh, you can you can uh, not be overcome by the negative opinions of your friends if you're in a mean girl club. I mean, whatever it is, it's those three things. I think is you're a good. You, you know, God created you perfectly. Uh, God honors you, and He created you to be a, a, a person of honor. And number three, you have more power and strength than you think you do. Mm. And uh, if you find ways to correct, to encourage, to affirm uh, under the banner of those three things, then over time, uh, they're going to start believing it, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, those are so good, by the way. Thank you. And I'm going to write these down and I'll put them in our notes too, so people can copy them and you know, for me, I can look at stuff like this. We see so much information as parents of what we should be doing with our kids and it can feel overwhelming. And I know I can be like, I want to do it all right, you know, and I want to do all the things. But this, I feel like is a good practical thing. Me and Grant have been talking a lot about Atomic Habits, you know, that book. Mm-hmm. I think it's by James Clear. And um, little things that we can do to start <clears throat> a habit. And so I just, cha- I'm going to challenge myself and I want to challenge whoever's listening that first to start with yourself and pick one of those things that you mentioned and just write them, write it on your mirror somewhere. You see it every day and say it for a week, you know, start with one. You don't have to do all of them and pick one for your kid too. And just notice those things, you know, repeat those things to them. And I think this can, if you don't have younger kids, you have older kids, I still think like you can start today. You know, I don't know. I think that I can go feel like I may have already messed my kids up. And so I can imagine feeling that way in, you know, five years. But I think that you can set the trajectory, you can set the trajectory to be different through these little action steps. Would you agree? Yeah. I think that one of the greatest inventions ever is reminders on your phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've had to set reminders that next, you know, that say speak life over fill in the blank. And 
because you, you get busy, your day gets going and it just happens to you. And that'll yep. people are, or go off on the Tuesday and go, oh, yeah, this is the week I was going to make sure with one of my spiritual sons, spiritual daughters, one of my own kids, I'm going to speak life. I'm going to say something over them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's good. Let me say this I, uh, too yeah. about that is nobody just falls into this. Mm-hmm. This doesn't come naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to, you know, discipline yourself you have to get some kind of order to be able to do this or you'll look up and the world as paul said the world will press you into its mold you, mm. you've got to work you got to work at this a little bit but it's worth it because mm. the people who mean the most to me in my life that aren't my family non-blood are people who through the years they have marked me by the way they spoke my identity mm-hmm. mm, that's good and what an opportunity that is to be Jesus with skin on to people, you know? So, oh, I feel very encouraged by that. So um, my last question for you is, and you spoke about, you already kind of touched on this, but if you had to go back and do, you know, something, three things that you think would have helped you when you were growing up, either as a child, a teen, or a young parent to find your identity in God instead of other things. So obviously if someone was speaking that over you um, more consistently, but what do you think like that you could, you look back and think, man, I wish I would have done this to point myself in my identity in God instead of worldly things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'll just give you one that's the Mm -hmm. big one for me. If I would have believed that God was really for me, that Mm -hmm. I was worthy of his affection, that I didn't have to wring a blessing out of his hand, I had to, you know, just open his hand and get it out. If I believed that, man, I had a a loving father because I was his son. See, a loving father is built on the identity that I'm a worthy son. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're my daughter and I love you because you're my daughter. Mm-hmm. Not because of anything you do that makes you worthy because you're my daughter. And if I would have, if I would have uh, understood that deep in my heart that I'm worthy, I'm a child, I'm the child of the king. I think everything in my life would have changed. And so I want to make sure that my kids, my grandkids hear in a, in a myriad of ways in non churchy terms <clears throat> as we're digging a garden Man, you you're good at this. You're worthy. God loves you. Look, look at what God's letting us do. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. Well, that's a lot of. I love that today's we get. To, I have something to take away and actually do. Not saying we don't know there in the past, but this is helpful to me. And I think as an adult, as for me myself, and then also to integrate with my with my kids. So thank you, Dad. I appreciate you giving all that wisdom means a lot. And I'm grateful that you take the time to instill that in our kids too. So thank you. They're lucky to have you. I am lucky to have them. They're they're a lot of fun. Well, I want to tell you really quick before we go that I've gotten lots of messages from people just so grateful that you're doing this and that may not have like a they might have a good dad, they might not have a or but they might not have a spiritual father. And um, your words really do encourage us as the younger generation. And so, um, yeah, I want to thank you for being willing to do this because you're impacting a lot of people um, who may not like have a father figure that's a good that's a good example of of a dad. Um, 
of how God wants to love us. So I know you're not perfect, but you're a really good dad. So thanks for doing this. Thanks, baby. I love you. I'm, uh, uh, it's fun to do it with you. I, I, I really love it. I know I've got, got my hurts habits, hang ups, my own stuff that I deal with. Uh, but uh, God's God's working on me, man. So well, I'm, I'm excited about it. You're connected to the vine, so that makes a big difference. So anyway, vine well, that reminds me of watermelons. That's what we're doing today. Yeah, I can't wait. Maybe we'll have an update <clears throat> on those in the next couple episodes on how they're going. Even though Gideon thinks they're going to grow overnight, I'm like, no, probably the end of summer, maybe. Which is part of what I want to teach Gideon. I know. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk next time. Love you, Dad. Love you, baby. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. Love you. Love you. Gosh, that episode was so good. I had so many takeaways that I want to be reminded of. I'm actually going to pull my notes so that I don't forget. But like the biggest thing that I took away from this conversation was Dad saying, if you want to speak into your kid's identity or your friend's identity, whoever, then you better start start speaking life over yourself, speaking it to yourself. For example, um, waking up in the morning, looking in the mirror and saying, I can do this today because God's given me the strength for it. We have the 40 I am's too that we'll link in our show notes that will give you lots of truth from scripture that you can speak over yourself to um, really make sure you're rooting your identity in Christ. Um, also, dad gave some really good examples of things that we can be talking about um, our kid talking about with our kids about concerning different situations they might be in. So I'll also type those up and put those in the show notes. But I, I hope you felt encouraged because I walked away feeling like, you know what? I can do this one little step at a time. I can begin to shape my identity um, from the way Christ sees me and same with my kids. Um, thank you all for listening. Gosh, it means so much to us. Um, this is really special for us to do. And it, it just means the world that y'all are listening and sharing and encouraging us. So be blessed. Have a good week. And we'll, we'll be back next week.